Fast Forward Productions, the women are speaking. I'm all about discipline. I think it's just so valuable. I don't think we talk about it enough. Even if we talked about it a lot, we don't talk about it enough because there's something about showing up for yourself even when you don't feel like doing it. I think it's all about creating habits and creating systems for yourself. Some of these results, I was really shocked by. I was like, oh, I did a good job on this. One of the scenes that I was like, I would never get cast as something like this, but I just did it for fun. I won that scene and I was like, hold on. The casting process can often prove to be a mystery. The industry is complicated and decisions are nuanced with no clear path to understanding the how or the why. I'm Amanda Doyle, casting director and director of casting relations at Castability. Never before has data science been applied to an artistic process like casting an actor. Castability provides objective data, tracking each unique casting decision, giving actors and casting professionals an ability to analyze their craft. In this podcast, we will dive deep into the exploration of the creative decision-making process and reveal all that we discover in our mission to make these creative decisions quantifiable. Welcome to Castability, the podcast hosted by the Castability team. Hello, and welcome to our official fourth episode. I am Taylor. I'm actor relations at Castability. And I'm Cronin. I'm one of the operations coordinators here at Castability. We're so excited to talk to our Castability member, Christina Colgan. You might have seen her tapes on Instagram, or you might have heard her podcast on Audrey Helps Actors, which is an incredible podcast that is a must listen for any acting professional. She was speaking to Audrey because she continued Audrey's self-tape May challenge. And if you don't know what self-tape May challenge is, it's 16 tapes in one month. And Christina decided to keep going. And she actually did those tapes, 16 of them, for 18 months. So we had to know what she learned in 18 months by showing up so consistently. For those of you who are castability members, you know that we are doing a show up challenge right now. We're asking all our members to make sure they do one tape a week and rewarding them and seeing how this data turns out after 12 weeks of showing up. And Christina can really show you and, and tells us today what kind of benefits can come from really consistent practice. That's exactly right. And Christina, everything she shares with us when we talk to her about is great for any actor that is new to self-taping or is kind of in the groove of it, but but you kind of finds they're in a rut. She brings up some really great points and different adjustments and uh, thought patterns on how to approach your self-tape practice. Just a few things we cover are the idea of intention setting, what momentum can do and, and building momentum in your practice can do for loosening you up and the ease you have in front of the camera and the effect of long-term practice on those times you may move beyond just your self-tape setup at home. So we have a lot to dig into here and a lot to really be grateful for. We hope this episode inspires you to show up and thank you, Christina. Enjoy everyone. Welcome, Christina, to the podcast. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I was so honored. We thought of you because, well, one, this episode we hope to release 
right after show up, before self-tape May, we really realized that the, like the biggest challenge for everyone is just showing up in general. And you are top of mind of someone who has achieved that challenge. And I think you could speak to the community. And that's why we started the podcast. We want there to be more of a communication between castability and the community to figure out how everyone is feeling, what people need. And so we can really talk about it. And I feel like you can really talk to what it takes to actually show up and then hopefully some of the benefits of that and the challenges. So that's basically what we wanted to talk to you about today. And thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Truly. I'm, I'm really, really honored. I love Castability. I've been using this app for like two years now, I think. And oh my gosh, the growth, the stories I have. I'm so (laughs) happy. I'm so excited to share it all on the podcast. I'm like, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, we've all been rooting for you. We all heard both of your podcasts on Audrey and how much she changed her life. And and then at the same time, you know, we saw you frequenting Castability and it was so cool how she could, you know, talk about your data. And I just thought, one, I was so curious to see where you are in that journey and not at all that you have to continue doing 16 self-tapes a month, like, oh my God. But I wanted to know what's actually working for you right now, where you are with that, what your goals are. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I started doing 16 self-tapes a month, every month, because I, I didn't have any auditions coming in. I was doing the self-tape me challenge, like everyone. And it was so fun to like see everyone creating their content. And then in June, I was like, well, still nothing going on for me, but I was taking a lot of classes. And so I was getting a lot of scenes to work on. And I was like, you know what? I'm working on these scenes. Nobody's getting to see my work. Let me just continue this challenge. It was really great for me because it was really distracting, honestly, and in a great way of like, I didn't feel powerless in my career because it's really hard to sit around and wait for auditions to come because you don't have any control of if, if you're ever going to get any. And I wasn't getting any for a really long time. So I was just like, I'm just going to create my own opportunities. And I found a lot of freedom in that because I got to decide like what I was getting seen for. <laughs> And I got to decide like what work I wanted to work on. And I just learned so much throughout the process. And then it just kind of became a fun little challenge of, can I do it this month too? Like, oh, I'm getting a little busier this month. Like, can we continue? And I'm all about discipline. I think it's just so valuable. I don't think we talk about it enough. Even if we talked about it a lot, we don't talk about it enough because there's something about showing up for yourself, even when you don't feel like doing it. I think it's all about creating habits and creating systems for yourself so that you are set up for success when the opportunities come. And I continued that 16 self-tapes per month challenge until I booked something that like took all of my time that I didn't, I like really didn't have time to do 16 self-tapes because I was on set. What a great reason to stop doing the cell tapes, right? Yeah. Well, tell us about that experience. And, and, and that's incredible that you got there because not that you needed to, but I remember you expressing that to Audrey, that you were hoping that that would come out of the practice. And of course, it's not always that linear, but 
when you're acting every day, you know. Well, there's something too, Christina, to you setting up this routine. You said you get to pick what it is you're being seen for. And so wherever you're at in your career, there are times you're very pleased with what you're getting audition-wise and is very excited about the possibility of working on something very meaty. And there are other times which I have experienced where you're getting things that you're not so excited, but this is, someone phrased this really well for me. You could be getting a lot of something you're not very excited and you might want to pass because you think you've earned your way out of it or whatever it might be, but they framed it as you have to eat your vegetables. And I thought it was such a good way to look at that because these are the things we need to do, whether it's to make sure we're being seen by a casting director and just getting into their office so they know we're still working and growing or just to flex that muscle. But when you're setting up those systems for yourself and, and flexing that muscle, you have the freedom to choose how much fun you're having. In hearing you say that, I didn't even reflect on because I had done self-tape May a couple years ago now. And I actually, and I'm sure this is the same for you, started to very much look forward to it. Like, what are these things that I haven't been called in for that I can just go at full force with the freedom to fall on my face and just play without these stakes. Agreed. And which is crazy that we spent so much of our time waiting for someone to give us an audition and didn't even like occur to us that we could be practicing the roles that are lighting us up, whether they're in a play or in a scene, like creating our own work. And that's what I want people to see possibility or their own practice group uh, as is like their own creative fuel. So for you, Christina, you said it, it did kind of of stop. So you did 18 months and then you got to do this six episode series. Can you tell us about that and how that came about? We're just curious. Oh my gosh. I just, I'm so happy about this. Okay. So you know how a lot of people track their auditions? I was trying to do that, but it got so depressing for me because I was not getting any auditions. Every single thing that would happen, like getting on Audrey's podcast, I was like, maybe this will spark some momentum. Getting an agent, maybe this will spark some momentum. No, nothing, nothing sparked any momentum. Okay. That's not true. I don't want to like take away from like how amazing all those opportunities were, but in terms of auditions, I still was not getting any auditions. And I was like, I, I, I can't, I was getting very frustrated as we often do in this industry. And so I got this audition and you know what happens when you don't get an audition for like months and then you finally get one, it becomes really precious. But you know what? After those 18 months of self-tapes, I was used to just like having an opportunity and then like working on it and then just like letting it go, having fun, doing the work. And so honestly, what I gained a lot from this practice was like auditions, real auditions weren't as precious anymore because a lot of times when you wait for your audition, it's like your only opportunity to play. So then it's like, it needs to be perfect. And then all of that pressure that you put on yourself, just like you can see it in the audition. And so because I had so many months of training of just having fun and exploring and being creative, I was able to just like enjoy myself in this audition. And it didn't feel like such a huge thing. It didn't feel like it had that much weight on it because I had this time that I had took for myself and I like really invested that time in myself so that I could just like explore this character. So I like, I mean, I could speak forever about the benefits of self-tape practice and all of that stuff. But I had so much fun on set. So, so much fun on set. I really have to say like all of the practice that I put in like allowed me to kind of just be a little bit more secure in myself to really trust my acting, to know that like I'm ready for this. You know, it's like, I'm currently 
training for a half marathon. And it would be like showing up to the half marathon and then being like, I didn't do any running, but I like believe in myself. No, like you have to really, you have to train every day, every day leading up to that race. It gets a little harder, but you get a little stronger. And like, that's kind of how I felt about like approaching that audition and approaching being on set because I felt ready, which is such a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. And and just like in a marathon and when you're training anything, you can't just do the same muscle group over and over. You're going to plateau. So you have to change and get out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself in different ways. You started acting. I started acting in 2019. Yeah. Not even that long ago. Okay. So kind of recently you really dedicated, uh, you said around 2021 was when you started this 18 months. And so pretty much upon deciding that this is what you want to spend your energy doing, you found Audrey, found a way to like filter that energy and focus into these self-tape practices. And then sounds like this series was like one of your first big opportunities. You maybe didn't have onset experience to the degree of this before, but you created that for yourself. You created challenges for yourself that so that you felt more worthy and experienced being on set. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It's really just about like feeling confident in your work and feeling like you belong and that you really like deserve to be there. And I don't think you need to do 16 self-tapes a month to feel that way, but I think that helped remind me that like, no, I've put in a lot of work for this and I, I earned this and I like really deserve to be here. And you're comfortable in front of the camera because you kept putting yourself in front of it. Yeah. I want to say just briefly during the pandemic, very similarly timed, actually, like I've been an actor for a long time, but I never asked myself to really, I never maybe had the luxury of the time to throw myself into a self-tape practice. And I kind of discovered that around the same time, 2020, because it was the pandemic and there was no fear of missing out and no what's going on, what's going on. I was able to finally shut off those thoughts, focus on my own self-tape practice, show up. I did like groups multiple times a week, whatever makes you accountable. I feel like for some people, castability helps with accountability to show up and do a tape. It could be like a peer group, whatever it is. And yeah, I did like a whole year of going on tape, going on tape, going on tape with my friends, Cronin and my other friends on Zoom, then pursued an agent, then started working in TV and film. It was very much a concentrated amount of time. And I'm really grateful that I did that because then I felt more confident when I was actually getting auditions. Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, myself included, pursue this industry kind of in a backwards way. We're like, first, I got to get the agent and then I'll get the auditions and then I'll book the job. But hold on, on what grounds are you getting this agent? You guys, I'm really happy. I just got a manager yesterday. Whoa, congrats. Woo, congratulations, that's huge. Thank you so much. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. And you know, I was able to say in my emails, writing to her, this is what I do. Like, I don't have a huge body of work uh, on my resume to like help propel my career forward, but I have my work ethic. And I have like the different things that I've created and achieved through that. And I feel a lot more confident emailing these agents and managers because I know that I like am ready as opposed to like pursuing an agent or manager and then hoping that they're going to get me to where I want to be. Like I already feel ready, but I want someone to help me in the process, if that makes sense. Be your teammate. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I want to go back to a word that you, you said earlier, Christina, because it, it really registered me, the word precious and having something be precious is, in my opinion, so detrimental, at least in our craft and what we do, because when it comes down to it, this is supposed to be fun. And I am just re-remembering this again. Of course, you want to be a professional in everything you're doing and preparing yourself with continuing self-tape May or showing up for castability. You're handling your craft like a professional as well. But if everything is so precious that there's desperation seeping through, getting yourself into a, a place where you're there to have fun, you know exactly what you're doing. I'm sure every tape you've done going forward, you've seen yourself having fun and you've probably enjoyed watching your own work back. And then getting on set, it's not like, am I doing this right? You already know what you're doing. Then being able to adjust with what is the vision of what the director wants? How is your, your scene partner playing with that? And having that approach to your work, and then even in hearing you say you now have a manager, not having a, a precious nature in how you talk about yourself because you're like, I'm good. I've done the work. Now, who wants to be my partner, like you're saying, Taylor? And God, I mean, I've been there. The cold emails are horrible. Now, if a manager and an agent asks for a recent self-tape, not only can you send them a tape if you've been showing up for your own practice, you can send them a, a really good tape. Oh, what kind of tape you want? Because I got plenty. Like, And I got plenty that I know a casting director likes because you know exactly which ones won maybe on castability and which ones don't. Which leads me to last fall, we awarded you a year of castability. And I was curious if you've been using it and how it's changed for you. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, I was already like, an active member on castability. So getting this free membership for a year, I was like, oh, am I going to take advantage of this? I did end up taking a break when I like after I finished shooting and then I moved. So a lot happened in like two months. I did take a two month break, which I feel like was fine. I'm like really happy that I did. Deserved. <laughs> Good. Yes. Recovery yes. is a huge part, by the way. It's not about just showing up until you're blue in the face, because then actually you're probably not doing anything for your craft or your heart or your soul. No, for sure. And I felt that way a little bit towards like the end of doing my extensive practice. I was like, I don't know if this is the best way to spend my time anymore. Because I feel like, yeah, I was getting 16 done and I was being the disciplined self-taper, but maybe the quality of my work wasn't as good anymore. So I really needed to reevaluate and I spent a good amount of time being like, you know what, this is how I want to spend my time now. Or it wasn't challenging you in the same ways it used to challenge you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way that I like needed it to challenge me or, you know, I've grown those muscles. So now let's work on a different like muscle group. But you guys, this membership was so much fun. And I'm still having so much fun to this day. Because again, with castability, I was like, Oh, I want it to be like my best version. So like, I need to save this credit and like use it for like the best self tape. And I was turning it into like this little audition that I didn't have. And I think that's great. I really do. I think it's super great to like send in your best work obviously, and like choose the character that best suits you and your essence. But because I had this freedom now of like these credits to use, I was like, all right, I'm going to choose the character that I feel like I would never get an audition for. And I'm going to just do some crazy things that I would never have the confidence to do in an audition and see what works. And I have to say, some of these results, I was really shocked by. I was like, oh, I did a good job on this. One of the scenes that I was like, I'm never going to get cast. I would never get cast as something like this, but I just did it for fun. I won that scene. And I was like, hold on. 
let's reevaluate. So I think it was just another reminder that like, you don't know what you don't know. You have to try and explore. And something that like, I, I learned a lot was like, you first over everything need to be proud of your own work. You cannot let a casting director or someone else or a teacher or anything like that tell you that your work is good. Like you need to look at it and be like, dang, I'm pretty happy with this. And even if you don't book it or you don't win, are you still going to watch that tape back and be like, but I showed up and I'm like really happy with it. And it doesn't always have to be, oh yeah, I'm really, I did amazing. Oh no. I actually don't know if I've ever can say that completely about myself. What I do say was when I feel the most proud of my work, I go, wow, that was everything I had today. Like for, you know, six months from now, I definitely am going to be better (laughs) a year from now. Like it's going to be different. But I, when I'm most proud of my work, I go, wow, I put in everything I know about acting and my skill level and where I am physically today. Like I did that. And sometimes we don't even get that. And that, and that's okay too. It's kind of like, did I do the best for where I'm at right now is like the hardest thing to wrap your head around. Yeah. And actually, Christine, I have a quick question to sort of jump in here, but I'm fascinated by what you just said with, like, I thought I would, I would never get cast in this thing. This is not my type. This is not a role I, I, I feel I have strengths in. So what was your approach in, in preparing for that and taping that? Because there is something in there that, that worked for you. Was it like, okay, because I feel like this is not me at all. I don't have to put so much pressure on it and I can just play. What was that like, even like, like the mental working you did to get yourself ready for that? You know, I can't tell you that there was like a certain thing that happened. I have to say two of the tapes that I've won with castability, one of them, I did it from start to finish. I'm not joking you in 15 minutes. I read it and I taped it in 15 minutes. I was like, I just want to get something in this week. It was probably part of like a 12 week challenge. And I was like, oh shoot, I didn't do one. Let me just do one really quickly. And I won that challenge. And I think it's because I was just like, let's just see what comes to me. And I'm really proud of that one because I just kind of trusted my instincts a little bit. And I trusted myself that I like know how to act. (laughs) But another one that I won, I think it was because I was just like, this doesn't feel like me. So let's just do something kind of crazy. I mean, what's at stake? Really, sometimes like with Cassibility, you can just show up and have fun and explore all these creative facets of yourself that like you probably might not have the confidence to do in a real audition. And I think that's so cool. And I think what's so fun about Cassibility is that there is this beautiful community that you guys built. And I have to tell you guys, one of my closest friends like not even just in acting, but just in general, I met through castability. No way. Oh, is it Taylor? Oh, I see her work all the time on Instagram. That's awesome. Yes. She's the greatest. Isn't she the greatest? We would just see each other's videos and we would see that we were ones that would constantly show up and you start to see familiar faces on this app. Like, oh, I know Aaron now. I mean, not personally, but I'm like, I love Aaron. I love Aaron's work. And you just start to comment on each other's videos. Like, loved it, loved it. And then you become friends. And Taylor and I were just like, should we meet up? (laughs) And we did. And now like Taylor is such a special person in my heart now. Like, I love her. Incredible. There needs to be more of that. And I'm so happy to hear that Castability gave that for you. Cronin and I met in an acting class and afterwards we're like, hey, let's 
start a group and then started showing up for each other. And then it became a real friendship. But I feel like so many times that can be a vulnerable thing with other actors because there's so much competitive nature in what we do. And so that's so wonderful that you can support each other like that. There's something about the castability community that just doesn't feel competitive. Everybody is just showing up. They're doing their work. I do the same scene as someone and we both are like, oh, I really love that choice that you made. Like, oh, that's so creative. And I think what's so fun about that is that like, we're not like stepping all over each other. We're not like, oh, I love that idea. Let me steal that and use it for myself. It's, oh, I love that idea. I think I'll try that one too. You know, and it's not, it it feels. Or do steal it because no matter what you do, you're not going to do the same thing as whoever else. You, you, You all have different instruments, right? Yeah, steal the idea, use it and and see how it looks on on your body and in your essence. And I think it's so cool. And it doesn't feel like, oh, like it feels yucky that she like copied her. No, it's great. You made an idea and like, let's, let's keep building and like working at this together. And I think what's fun is like, you can make a decision and then see someone else made a different decision and be like, I loved that idea. And are you still going to be confident in the decisions that you made? Or are you going to be like, oh, maybe I didn't do a very good job. Maybe, you know, I think there can be danger in like comparing yourself because you see other people's work doing the exact same scene. It's a slippery slope. Like sometimes you can be like, oh, I know I didn't do a very good job. Like her idea was so much better than mine, but you can use it and be like, wow, that was awesome. I love that. Now I'm inspired. I might use that for another take. I might use that for something else. Or you can kind of see their idea. And then be like, I loved that, but I'm also really proud of the ideas that I had too. And there's, I think, a couple of different things you can get out of watching people's tape. And just for anybody who's listening who maybe isn't familiar with the app, whole mission is transparency. So obviously transparency with what casting directors are seeing, how they're perceiving you in certain roles and certain scenes, but also transparency on seeing who they would choose, seeing everybody's tapes. And I think the two ways I see that is one, like you were saying, like technical stuff, like, oh, whoa, I never thought to enter the frame that way. Like we can do that cool. I might try that in my next audition. And I I got that from watching someone's tape or the just visceral understanding of watching someone's tape who's completely different than you do an excellent read and then watching your tape and being like, well, that's just a completely different person. They weren't chosen because they were better. They were chosen because it's just two completely different people. One of my coaches that I love put me on self-tape. They always say it's selection, not rejection. I mean, that's helped me a lot when I don't book a real audition. You know, it's this idea of like, sometimes it has nothing to do with like, how talented you are, you you can really see like the work of someone on castability. You can see the winner's tape and then go like, wow, they really just were that character. And you can't even be mad about it. You can just be like, wow, like good job for them. And I think that like, it's really fun to see that. And it's really fun to learn and be like, oh, I completely misinterpreted that scene or, oh, what a cool way of saying that line. I would have never thought of that. And I think it's just what a learning experience to take a scene. And sometimes I did this in my own self-tape practice before I had good old castability. I would take a show, for example, I had never seen The Big Bang Theory. And then I read the script for The Big Bang Theory. And then I like did Penny's sides and how I interpreted them. And then I watched how Kaylee Cuoco 
actually performed it. And you learn a lot. Like you see, oh, I see that's the joke there. Or like, oh, okay, that's what like the tone of the scene meant. And sometimes you can still look at your tape and be like, but I really like the way that I did that. You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool to learn like your own confidence in yourself, but also learn just about like the craft itself in acting. And the different ways that people can do things and take things. That's incredible. And uh, that brings me to my question for you. I feel like what I'm hearing that is so beneficial is that you had incredible like beginner's mind. You started doing your self-tape practice with humility and without ego. And maybe that came from being newer to acting. I think it's for me, it was like super challenging to rip all of what I thought I knew away and be willing to be bad <laughs> so that it could get better. And I think that's the first challenge to showing up with a growth mindset. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about growth mindset on the second episode with Joe, but I see already you just showed Showing up to do this obviously requires a huge growth mindset because you're showing up in order to get better, not in order to prove anything. And then I heard you talk to Audrey a little bit about your struggles with not getting bookings or whatever for a while, auditioning wise, and, and how that got you maybe back into a fixed mindset. And I don't know if you're familiar with these terms, but I'd love to hear about your journey with that because it seems like you're very open in your practice, but you've also, you know, like we all do struggle with that sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges of showing up is showing up, you know, like, it's just completing the challenge. And I think something like this 12 week show up challenge, no one said you need to show up 12 weeks at your best. No one said you need to like, create the best work of your life. I'm just showing up. Some of these self tapes that I've done, especially for castability, because you don't have to mute castability self-tapes, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I could because I don't want people to see this work and to be like, oh gosh, I'm not claiming to be the greatest actor. I'm just an actor who like is really dedicated to showing up. I think that's something that you can like do for yourself and be really proud of. And I think I'm all about creating systems for yourself. And after taking like this two months break and kind of, you know, like moving to California, my world kind of got like all scrambled and I lost a lot of my habits that I built because just everything was all up in the air and everything was all over the place. So I'm currently in a state of rebuilding my habits and like rebuilding those systems. And it's really, really hard. I used to have like a lot of different routines that I did every day just to kind of keep in the habit of doing things. And I like stopped them all. And now it's really hard to like restart. Like for example, one of my goals or habits every day is to read 10 minutes a day. I'm not really good at reading. So like 10 minutes is like a lot for me. I'll start like the little timer and sometimes I'm like, you don't need to finish the 10 minutes. As long as you open the book, that's enough to like check it off. But a lot of times I'll open the book and I'll end up reading for like longer than 10 minutes because I'm really into it. And so I think sometimes we get this idea in our head that it needs to be amazing. I used to do that with like castability. I'd be like, oh, I really want to do a castability tape, but I need to get ready and I need to do this and I need to, oh, I don't know if I have enough time. And the amount of time I spent telling myself that I didn't have enough time, I could have like gotten like a quarter of the way through <laughs> the process of doing it. And so I think we stop ourselves a lot because we, we tell ourselves that it needs to be a certain thing and it doesn't. 
a lot of the self tapes on my self tape account, I want to archive, I want to delete them and be like, I don't want anyone to ever see this because I'm afraid people are going to be like, who is this girl that thinks she's like, blah, blah, blah. But I'm really proud of myself for sticking with my journey. And I think that's something that like, we don't give ourselves enough credit for it. You're showing a journey. You're not saying, this is me. This is my worth every time. You're saying, this is me today. And then you can scroll up and see me in two weeks from now. And I think that that's incredibly brave. And I was curious, actually, because you started posting on IG right after self-tape May. And then you kept posting on IG for these 18 months. And you could have kept it to yourself. But you made that public. And was that what was that for you? Accountability? Was it practice and being vulnerable? Oh, well, the amount of times I was like, let's just delete this account. <laughs> um, I... Well, first of all, it was accountability, but also it was like, I'm really sad that nobody has seen my work. And sometimes I would send in like an audition that I was really proud of, but I was like, did the casting director see it? I don't know. I want someone to see it, even if I have to mute it. So I would post it on my account. And then you know what? A lot of people would like message me and be like, hey, I really appreciate you sharing your work. It's like motivated me to continue. And now I'm like, this is so great. I'll see people posting on their accounts and I'm like, oh, this is great. I needed that push too. And I feel like we're all just like pushing each other to be better and pushing each other to keep going. And it's so, so fun. I've seen people who started on castability and they continued with their practice. And now I'm like, look at your work. Look how much you've grown. It's so fun. And like, how fun to change your mindset of like how this industry works. Because I feel like when I was like a wee young actor entering, I was like scared of everyone. I was like, oh, like what a competitive, scary industry. Like what is networking? I I don't want to talk to anyone. And there are beautiful pockets of beautiful like actors and creators who are just out here who like want to just like continue growing together. And with my manager, the reason why I have this manager is because one of my friends who I do a lot of self-tape practice with, she was like, oh, let me refer to you to my manager. And like, that's how I've gotten my manager because like a friend of mine, like believed in me and she texted me and she was like, what a great win. And when I told her that I got the manager and she was like, now we can just like continue to grow even more together. What an amazing mindset. When I'm down, she can pick me up. When she's down, I can pick her up and we can both grow and learn together. There is enough space for all of us in this industry. And like, oh, I just love it. Everyone keeps seeking friends out like that. And that's what I have in Cronin. And I think is so hard to find, but it's so essential because it does take a village, not just like readers and your relationship. Everyone who supports you to do this, you can't do it by yourself. Absolutely. And I love that you said that you made these friendships through watching people's work because the other huge part of the mission of the app is for exposure, for not just getting data back, but other people seeing your work. I don't think it's weird that you wanted people to see what you were doing because TV and film, the closing of the loop, it's not, is it acting if if you're in your bedroom and no one sees it? I don't know. But it does seem like the most essential part of our art is the audience and that communication. So that makes complete sense. And I wanted to go back to intention setting because I love your reels. Christina is doing a week one, week two, week three, like how she's showing up. And I think it's actually incredible 
because exactly like you're saying, I think people overthink auditions for sure, but even castability challenges and say, well, I don't have all day, so I'm not going to do it. But actually like if we really think about it, it doesn't take more than an hour. And if it does, that's okay. You're in a different part of your journey, but it doesn't have to. And you can challenge yourself with different intentions. It can be time, can be takes. And Christine is doing that. So follow her to see what challenge or obstacle she places for herself that week. But I think time is a really, really important one. I know for myself, when I started getting better at auditioning, one of the bigger things for me was setting timers. One, it forced me to focus my energy into a smaller amount of time that's like more higher intensity, high level of like what I was doing. Because when I used to get auditions, I would say I had four days. I would just think about them all four days and not do anything else and kind of like always like have it heavily weighing on me. And now I'm like, okay, you have an hour here. You have an hour here. You can set the timer and work on it in those windows, but you don't have to have it on your mind and weighing you down for the whole day. And so what Christina is doing is setting the timer. And these are one to two page scenes. So challenging yourself to memorize it quickly and actually put it up in 35 minutes. I think your last one was. There's something about, you know, and we do this a lot and I used to do this a lot. And I was like, this is an issue where I would have something that I needed to do and it would just live in my brain and it would like stress me out. And I'd be like, oh, I have to get that done. And it really affects the rest of your day. And this happens with everything. I'm like, I need to clean that thing and I won't clean it for like months. And it lives in my brain for months until I finally clean it. And it took like five minutes. And I'm like, why didn't I just do that for myself? But I like a lot of these things, it's, I think it's just like momentum building because when you like show up for yourself and you do it, First of all, you get to clear your mind of that. But then you also get to really like live in just like the satisfaction of knowing that you did that for yourself. And that will help you give momentum for like the next one. Because like it's a cycle. You either like, I think like sometimes when you stop showing up for yourself, it's just easier to stop. When you miss one day at the gym, it's easier to like not go the next day. But then when you show up for yourself, and like start running today, like it's easier to be like, you know, I did it yesterday. Let's do it again. When we like get ourselves into these systems and we get ourselves into these habits, it's just like easier to like steamroll into it. Where like when I was first doing like 16 self tapes, I mean, it was really challenging, but then I was like, oh, 16 isn't that hard anymore. It was actually like relatively manageable. I think I could have done more. So I think like we get in our heads about things a lot. And then it turned to you, it sounds like the quantity wasn't so challenging anymore. So then you started to go, well, then why am I doing this? What do I need instead? And I think that's super important because if you're having trouble showing up, it might be because you don't know why you're showing up. And I think for me, a really hard part is trusting my intuition to tell me when it's okay that I don't show up. Maybe I need something different, but then also pushing myself to show up when I don't feel like it. Like what the difference between those two things I think is really hard. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm all about being gentle with yourself and like listening to yourself. If you don't feel like doing the self tape today, don't do it. Like don't push yourself into like forcing yourself to do it. Like find a way to make yourself get excited for it. I'm excited for these challenges. I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I have to get this self-tape done. 
or else it just, it's like, we need to reevaluate our mindsets a little bit. Like, why are we so, why don't, why don't we want to do it? Like, why don't I want to practice? Like, what is it that's stopping me? And then we need to see, is it because I don't have enough time? Is it because I don't have enough energy? Okay, well, let's find out ways to find more time. Let's find out ways to like prioritize our energy a little bit more towards this. And then you get to start enjoying yourself a little bit more. And that's like the whole point. That's why we're in it. We don't need to be like struggling and like hating the thing that we like love to do. Yeah. And it's even to what you're saying with you, Christina, with you setting that routine for you reading, right? It's 10 minutes a day and you're going to open the book and you're giving yourself the permission to do four minutes, but more than likely you're going to do eight, 10, 12, 15 almost contrary to what you're saying, if you don't want to do the tape, it's like, okay, then I'm not going to do this tape in this fully fleshed out 40 minutes I usually take, but let me see what I can do in 12 minutes. And usually just showing up in that way is going to end up in you having some result, you learning something, you being more excited, it's going to spark something because you're not going to want to show up every single time. I think what you're doing and, and why we are such fans of you and always cheering for you and so happy to hear that you have this representation and you've made this big move. It's all so exciting. For someone who's really jumped in in the past three years, it's huge. It's insane, actually. It took me a decade to get my shit together. Like, oh, you guys are so sweet. I I really agree with you because, okay, even for week three of this show up challenge, I had an hour before I had to leave and I was like, oh, I should probably get some scene study in. And I was like, I don't want to because I don't have enough time and I'm going to feel really rushed. But I was like, no, let's just open the script. Let's just read it. So I started reading the script and I was like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, I'm getting this idea here. And then I was like, oh, darn it. I don't have enough time to film before I leave. Like, it's funny how I started that hour with like, I don't know if I want to do this to ending that hour with like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get home and film this tape. It's kind of like, how many times do you regret going to the gym? You're so sure that you don't want to go before you get there. And I would say 99% of the time you're happy you showed up. But then those times where you're like, wow, but maybe my body is like not responding. Like I feel crappier than when I started. Okay, then that's the time to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to pull back. I wanted to give just a couple more thoughts to listeners about ways to set intentions because I think it seems a little gray until we get like, there's actually a lot you can do. It's not just timing. It's not just how many takes you do. I think any peer group, any practice group, castability, obviously, when you are doing your scene, you can focus in on the tiniest thing. Like, right now, I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the energy. It, it could be that you don't have the energy to focus on every single thing that would make this self-tape great. But also thinking about deliberate practice and how you actually get better at a skill, like a violinist will do scales. For us, if we say, you know, I'm really working on my moment before and I'm not even going to memorize, I'm just going to hold my page, but really, really get specific on what this moment before is. Keep things super simple and super specific because that way at the end of five tapes that month that you were focused focusing on moment before, you're probably really good at that now. You can focus on something else. And I think make sure those intentions are out of your own curiosity. Like right now, there is an acting method that I'm super interested in. So when I'm self-taping, I'm really just focusing on that and not all the other million checklist things that I usually do. That speaks to what you're authentically curious about. So if you're authentically curious about that do that. And if it's not the quantity, if it's not 16, then don't do 16. Just focus on what's genuinely firing you up in that moment. But going to perfectionism, I'm really curious if that's something you identify with at all. You- oh my gosh. 
I used to, and I still do. I think, you know, okay, how many times am I going to say 16 self tapes in this podcast? A lot. But when I was like, <laughs> when, when I was, when I was doing 16 self tapes, if you guys haven't heard, sometimes I'd be like, if I don't do the 16 self tapes, then why even bother showing up next week? And I feel like sometimes we have this extremist mindset. It's like when people make their New Year's resolutions because you got to go big with your New Year's resolutions and you're waiting for a specific day of the year to start them. You mess up or like you miss a day, then you're like, then you quit. I'm like, if you want to do something, don't wait till Monday. Don't wait till January 1st. Do it now. And I, it took me a lot of time to like finally like be like, oh, I can actually start right now. I don't have to wait until a new year or a new month. One time I started a new like habit or something in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. And I was like, who am I? I didn't even wait for a new day. (laughs) But I think like we have these extremist mentalities. And when we like don't make the extreme like 16 self tapes, then we're like, well, I guess I didn't do it. So then we don't show up. Or like, we just like, if it's not perfect, then I'm not going to post it. If it's not like this, then I'm not going to send it in. And it took me a long time to get over that because I love perfection. I love like checking things off. And when there's an empty box that I didn't check off, it like really bothers me. I realized that that stopped me from doing a lot of things. And even with like reading for 10 minutes a day, I was like, well, if I can't do all 10 minutes, then I might as well not even bother doing two minutes. And I realized you can get so much done if you just like allow yourself to start because like I never read. I don't like reading. I do like reading. I like the idea of reading, but I don't like read. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to read 10 minutes a day before I go to sleep. And I finished like multiple books because I just gave myself 10 minutes. 10 minutes is like nothing in the span of an entire day. Like you spend how much time scrolling on Instagram or just sitting and doing nothing for 10 minutes. The things that you can really get done when you like reallocate your time and reallocate your energy and tell yourself that you can actually do it is truly insane. And I think once you start to get into that habit, then you start to realize like the possibilities of things. But I'm all about balance and taking care of yourself, like first and foremost, because if you're doing that for yourself, but like you start to feel like really anxious and like really unhappy, then it's not worth it anymore. Because I've tried to like do different types of habits. I've tried to like do a lot of things, but then I was like actually really unhappy doing them. And I was like, but why am I even doing this anymore? This is counterintuitive. And so when I start to feel like it's too much or I'm taking too much time, then I reevaluate and I adjust. Originally, I was reading, I set a, a goal for myself for 15 minutes. And I was like, I can't do 15 minutes. For some reason, I just, 15 minutes seems too long. So then I readjusted to 10 minutes. And now 10 minutes seems like a manageable amount of time for me. So I think that like a lot of times we like set goals for ourselves and we're really excited for them. And then we don't make the goal. So then we quit as opposed to like reevaluate and see, okay, why isn't this working? Should we try harder or should we readjust? And sometimes we just need to readjust. And that's fine. That's great. Because then later, maybe I can be like, you know what? I think I can read for 15 minutes now. And then like add more time. So I'm all about that. And I've realized that that's been really, really helpful in my life in these past like couple of years. And knowing that there will be slips, going into it saying, I'm not going to completely be perfect every day. You wouldn't have finished a book had you not 
done something. You know, something my dad says all the time to me that I think is super helpful is don't should on yourself. So if you're saying that I should do a tape for self for castability, I should do this self tape practice, stop yourself and say, why? Why should I do it? Because you want to want something. What do you want out of it? Don't do it because you should do it. Because otherwise, I think in that way, you're just showing up and you don't know why. And it's not really going to benefit you. Be curious about what it is you want and what you're getting out of it. I also wanted to speak for a second about goals. I'm curious. One, I want to say, like, for me, goals need to be what are things that are in my control. If I say my goal is booking this and this and this, that seems like an unfair goal to say to myself because it's, it's not, I'm not the only person in control of that goal. So I'm curious what your goals are right now, you know, knowing that this is going to be released for self-tape May, any tips you have for people? Is this going to be after the show up challenge? Any tips you have for people to show up and your goals going forward in self-tape May? And are you doing self-tape May? Oh, yeah. Am I doing self-tape May? <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to be there. I'm definitely going to show up. I think it's like, okay, there have been a lot of times when I start to do something and then I start to be like, I don't know if I'm I'm going to be able to finish. So with self-tape me, for example, or even in the 16 self-tapes that I would do a month, sometimes I would get to like the 28th day of the month and still have like 10 self-tapes left. And I was like, how am I going to finish this? I have like three days to do 10 tapes. And it would be really easy to be like, I guess I just won't do it this month. Oh, wow. But then you think about like how much time has like passed and you don't think about like the three days that you have left. And so I think that like a lot of times it's just good to just take it one day at a time. And like, can I do a tape today? Yeah. And telling yourself to do it earlier. I'm like a morning person. I love like getting things done earlier so that you have time later in case you don't do it. Because if you tell yourself that I'm going to like work out at night and then like night comes and you don't do it, then you don't have like extra time to do it. So like I'm all about like trying to set up things for myself so that like there is a little bit of like a safety net in case I don't end up doing it. But also like just don't be hard on yourself. I think that's something that I'm so grateful that I learned over these past like couple of years of like if I don't do it, it's totally fine because ultimately I started this challenge for myself. And if I'm going to like beat myself up over not completing it, or if I'm going to be angry at myself for like this and that, then it's not worth it. I think if you start out the challenge by knowing that like you want to grow from this, then it's not about the 16 self tapes anymore. It's about growing and getting better and doing what you love. With the show up stuff, you know, we always say you can get great data from eight to 12 challenges. And I made these rewards after 12, but it doesn't mean you don't get all the great info after eight. And it would be such a shame to quit just because you missed one of the beginning weeks. You know, I think... <laughs> I think as actors a lot, I'm making a generalization, but we like love to cling on to things that we can control. So things like, oh, 16. Okay. That's a number that I can control. Oh, self-tape lighting. That's something that like I can kind of be in control of my setup, making sure that I have like the perfect blue or gray background. And then we forget about the fact that this is an art. It's messy. And sometimes there will be days that you are better than other days. And that's completely fine. And I think we also forget that like, we are the art. It's not it like we are like our body, our essence, everything is 
the art. And so we have bad days, which means like our art and our product sometimes is not going to be like it's tip top shape. But I think that like sometimes we think about what we can see, like tangible things like, oh, 12. Okay, I have to get 12 because it's easy to like grasp onto. And then we forget like the real reason behind it or like the real benefits behind it. Completely. We get obsessed with the number instead of the journey, like you were saying. And if the number is motivating them, I think that's great. Oh, yeah. It gets us into the gym. It gets us working, encouraging everyone to show up, but show up to where you are at this year. Yeah. I think like something that I've learned is if it's not working, let's find a new path and see if that works. And I think what's fun is like when I was recording the episode with Audrey, I was saying like, oh, like I would notice this about myself. So then I would have to like, reassess and do that. And she was like, yeah, that's what acting is. Like that is the creative process. And I was like, oh, that's true. What we are is we're just creative problem solvers. If something's not working, we like reevaluate and we try a new path and it's awesome. And yet I feel like we get ourselves stuck when we say, I don't know how to act. I need this teacher to tell me how. I need someone else to tell me what's going on with me, what's wrong with my craft. And what's harder is to show up to a practice, continuing to ask yourself questions, shift, find out for yourself, go on the journey yourself and discovering it yourself, as opposed to someone feeding you that information. And it's a lot scarier, but you're going to learn a lot faster and it's going to be a lot more rewarding. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like with auditions and with classes, like it's easier to do a self-tape for that because there's an end goal. Like it's for a casting director or it's for a teacher, but what if we did it for ourselves? Like how does that change the work and how does that change the mindset and how does that change your approach to the industry? Everything we're thinking about and why we're doing what we're doing is perfectly encapsulated by what you just said. Cronin, do you have anything else before we let Christina go? Yeah, no, just just to hop onto what you all were just riffing on is this idea of something just popped in my head that nothing natural or authentic is polished. And so much of what castability offers, or we hope that people and our listeners can really take from it, is that this is a playground for failure. <laughs> also, there's so many takes takes and tapes I've done with Taylor where she's given me a thought or, or a perspective on how to go with something. And I might flub a line or something might have happened that I did not plan my image of how this thing should go. I was not matching it. And that's 98% of the time the take I send because it's not the thing that I planned. And, and I was just looking on my computer while you're talking about this quote I read that reality can always be improved. A life of fantasy will always end in tragedy, which encapsulates the way you're approaching your career and your craft. You are showing up no matter what. Your willingness to post these tapes, even if you don't like them or not, doesn't matter because you're always willing to grow from them. But if you were just sitting in a room, eating saltines, being like, I can't wait till I make the perfect tape, nothing will happen from that. So I think it really is about showing up and living in, in the mess and the failure of it all, because the discipline you have is really training your resilience and resilience raises your bar and tolerance for failure and opens you up to learning more. And I think so much of what you're doing and what we're trying to do with Castability is to offer that to people more, because we can control so little in life as a whole, but especially within our career. So what's controllable is how we approach it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And you guys have truly been like in incredible for me and my personal growth. And I'm like really happy to hear that like me posting these tapes has been helpful and 
impactful for some people. So that like means a lot to me because there have been a lot of times when I've been like, is this even worth posting? And even when I created that first little, little mini blog of me doing this self tape, I was like, does anyone care? Like, are people going to be like, why did she post this? And I got like really great feedback from some friends that have been following me and just being like, I'm all about this content. Like, I love seeing your work. I would have never known that if I hadn't like put myself out there. And I think that like something that has been helping me a lot is like, you can't do anything with work that was never made. And I loved what you just said about like, yeah, you could post or share something or do or make something that is not that great. Or you can sit on your couch and watch other people do it. Yes. And I think what you're doing for everyone is normalizing process. And I think that that's something radical. And what Audrey started encouraging is radical because usually we only see final products. And I remember when I first started editing, I was disappointed about the result of what I edited. And my friend was like, well, do you want this thing to be the best thing you ever edited? And I was like, God, no. And he's like, then why do you care? And I was like, oh, I don't need this self-tape to be the best thing I ever acted. I don't want it to be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I see like more established actors online and I'm like, but how did you get there? There is this gatekeeping of knowledge and of resources and of skills of like... There is. And and I'm just like, I really want to be a part of like breaking that and being like, this is my journey and it's not going to be like anybody else's journey, but this is me from like start to finish. Like I want to talk about how you got there. And even with like getting a manager, I want to talk about how I did that entire process because it was a two year long struggle. Let me tell you, I can just say like, yay, I got a manager. But then I feel like me three years ago would have been like, how did you do that? How did you even possibly do that? I was at like my friend's premiere and I was doing this and I was on set and I was like, Three years ago, I would have been like, but how did you even possibly get there? It feels so like out of reach for me. And I think it's fun to just share the entire process because then you get to share with a community because I get to see like my friends wins. Like, for example, Erin from Castability, she booked something and it was so fun because I've been watching her tapes And then to see her book something, it feels like my win too, because I'm like, yes, like I get to celebrate with you. How fun that you've invited me out on this journey to celebrate the highs and the lows. And I think that like, I'm all about that. And I'm really happy to hear that. In Buddhism, it's called sympathetic joy. And you get joy when others that you love have joy or anyone has joy. You just have joy. We're all getting it together. And that's such a beautiful aspiration. Don't we want more joy? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Exactly. Christina, thank you so, so much. I really encourage everyone to follow her show up reels, but also everything she shares with you with the community about management and that search. That's going to be incredibly insightful for everyone. And just thank you so much. We're so excited to see you do your self-tape May journey again. I hope you post about that. And if anybody has questions about what we said or wants to talk to Christina directly, she seems like an open book and that's so, so rare. So we encourage the community to stay in touch. I'm, I'm so excited to hear about that. Thank you so much, Christina. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, Yay. thank you so much. This was so much fun. Inviting me to talk about acting for an hour is a dream. <laughs> good, so, good, good. Thank yeah. you so much. I had so much fun. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, have a great day and we'll talk more soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Castability app was created by Jay Boyer. Castability, the podcast, is produced by Fast Forward Productions. And hosted by the Castability team. Thanks for listening. 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 Thanks for listening.